You know, sometimes believers are worried whether they will lose their salvation or not. Whether something they've done in their life is going to make God turn his back on them and say, I, you are no longer my son. How could God disown you? Let me tell you today, there is no sin you ever commit that will cause God to disown you. Hear me, hear me. I said, there is no sin you would ever commit that will cause God to disown you. Your salvation is not a one-year contract you received from God. Then after the year ends, you would evaluate to see how well you've lived your life and see whether you will continue the contract. Hallelujah. He gives eternal life, not 10 years life, 20-year life or 15-year life, where God is constantly trying to evaluate you to see whether you are doing well. If you are not doing well, he gives you the sack. He fires you. You are not a servant, you are a son. That is your first place. You are a son, and nothing can undo that. When you are just a servant, you can be fired because he employed you. Hallelujah. Amen. And employment is based on contract. That is why he said, Antonini Kapatos, that you are not servants, but you are sons. Hallelujah. And the son abides in the house forever. Amen and amen. The reality of your sonship should be something that is always at the forefront of your mind. And that is how you should see God. God is your father and you are his son. You have become his son through faith in Christ Jesus. So when the Bible says, as many as received him, how did you receive Christ? Through faith. Amen and amen. And faith alone. You became a son through faith and faith alone. Not by your works, not by anything you've done, just by faith. Believing in the finished work of Christ Believing that God raised him from the dead for your justification. That is how you became a son of God. That is how you were adopted into sonship. And I love what uh, the entry said. He said, we are sons indeed. Hallelujah. So Joseph, beloved, now are we the sons of God. Now, 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 now you are the son of God. It's not going to happen when you get to heaven. God is not waiting at the end of your life that he will judge you to see whether you qualify to be his son. No, you are his son now. Yes, you. You with all your faults and all your mistakes. You with all your problems and the things you are struggling with in your life. I want to tell you, you are the son of God. Amen. You are. You are. And nothing is going to change that. Nothing. And let me repeat this again. Your sin cannot change the fact in the truth that you are the son of God. Nothing is going to change it. And I think believers, we must come to that understanding. Because sometimes we, we see God as somebody who is always trying to evaluate us to see whether we merit being his son. No. Through the work of Christ, you have been made worthy. Are you understanding? The Bible says that he has made us meet to be qualified, to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. He's talking about the blessing of the sons. Hallelujah. Amen. You have been made worthy and qualified by the finished work of Christ. Let me tell you, that work Christ accomplished on that cross, it was not a joke. 
That is what the Bible says. He is able to say to the uttermost, all them that come to him, because he ever lived there to make intercession for them. So the Bible says, if any man sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus the righteous. Hallelujah. Amen. Nothing you do can undo this great salvation you have received. It's a free gift from God. And nothing can do. How many of you have children that they go astray and you disown them? Rita, if Mia grows up and God forbid, Mia goes astray, are you going to ever disown Mia, your, your daughter? Never. When we were children, how many of us went astray? Our parents, we were so stubborn. You know, our parents would tell us to do this and we'd do something else. Yet still, our parents loved us so much. They disciplined us in their love, but never disowned us. If human beings, as evil as they are, can love their children to that extent, how much more God? Hallelujah. Amen. He says to the uttermost, that is to the very end. If Christ knew that he could not save you to the very end, he would not have initiated it. God never initiates a work he cannot complete. That's what the Bible says. Saint is he who has begun this good work in you, and he will complete it. That is, finish it. Listen to the scripture. It says, faithful is he. Who has, he could have just said, he that has begun this good work, you will finish it. But he says, he's, he's trying to describe the character of the one who has promised you. The character of the one who is doing this work. He says, faithful is he. In his faithfulness, you will accomplish and complete the work he has begun in you. You will bring it to completion. He's not going to abandon you as a project. Sometimes you walk around and you see people with building different kinds of buildings and edifices and you know they never completed because their budget was not enough. They laid a foundation and they don't have any more money to continue. Or some put up a structure and they have no roof on top and they, they abandoned the project for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years and you know it's just abandoned. God never abandons his project. God weighed the cost before he sent Jesus. You understand? He weighed what it would cost to finish the project before he sent Jesus. So when Jesus came and on the cross, he said, it is finished, he meant it. Hallelujah. All, that's what the Bible says. All things that are requisite for life and godliness, his divine power has made available to us. Hallelujah. This is the blessing of the believer. It's the blessing of the believer. Let me tell you something. You, Christ saves to the uttermost. He's carrying you on wings of eagle to the end. You are not going to fall. That's why the Bible says that we are not of them that turn back unto perdition. No. But we are of them that believe unto the saving of the soul. This is who we are. Because there is a keeping and a preservation in Christ. The Bible says that we are kept by the power of God through faith. So all that is required of you now in Christ is to continue steadfast in the faith. Unmovable. Hallelujah. Continue steadfast in the faith. Continue steadfast in the faith. Clinging on to the hope that is in Christ. 
continue steadfast in the faith, clinging on to the hope that is in Christ Jesus. That is all you have to do. Sometimes I wonder, I wonder at believers. After having come into Christ by faith, they now want to be perfected by their works. How sad. You come into Christ by faith, and now you want to be perfected by your works. How is that possible? You come into Christ by faith. Hello. If you're in a place where there is noise, you want to mute your you want to mute your your call. Hallelujah. How could you come into Christ by faith and seek to be perfected? by your works. It's not possible. <laughs> Let me tell you something. The Bible says that as you have received Christ, so walk ye in him. That's what the word of God says. Just as you have received Christ. How did you receive Christ by faith? So walk in him. That means continue to walk in him by faith. You believe that you trusted in the work of Christ for you. And that's how you are saved. In the same way, keep walking in him. Hallelujah. Tonight, I want to speak to you about the good shepherd. Amen and amen. Man, I want to speak to you about the good shepherd. You know, in the book of John, we have a revelation of Christ Jesus as the I am. Remember Jesus? Jesus said, before Abraham was I am, and the people took up stones to stone him. And the Bible says that Jesus said, for which of the works that I do, you stone me. And he said, not for any work, but you being a man, make it yourself God. That is why we are stoning you. And he said to them, have you not heard the word that he said that ye are gods to whom the word of God came? So what is the problem when I say that I am the son of God? Hallelujah. You see, and they tried to stone Jesus. And the Bible says that Jesus escaped. Amen and amen. Sometimes when when... When people want to stone you, that is persecuted. You have to escape. Amen and amen. Escape with your life. (laughs) Hallelujah. But you know, Jesus proclaimed, I am. Hallelujah. And it's the same word Jehovah told Moses when he was going into Egypt to redeem the people. He said, when I go and he asks me, what is your name? Tell them, I am that I am. Hallelujah. And there are seven I am's in the book of John. Jesus proclaimed that he was the bread of life. That is, I am the bread of life. Hallelujah. He also proclaimed that I am the door. He proclaimed that I am the light of the world. Hallelujah. The door or the gate. Amen. If you read some verses, he says, I am the gate. In another place, he says, I am the door. He also proclaimed that I am the resurrection and the life. Hallelujah. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. What a powerful scripture. Jesus also proclaimed that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father except through me. Notice Jesus did not say no one goes to heaven. Most times we, we, when we pray to people, we make that little mistake of saying that without Christ you can't go to heaven. And it's true. But the real thing is no one can go to the Father 
except through Jesus. That means the purpose of coming through Christ is to be with the Father and not heaven. The purpose of our faith is fellowship with the Father and not to go to heaven. If you go to heaven and nobody is there, God is not there, Jesus is not there, what have you accomplished? Nothing. The joy of our faith is to be with the Father, to have fellowship with the Father, because what we lost was intimate fellowship with the Father, and that's what Jesus came to restore. Amen and amen. That is why he tore the curtain so that we may have access by one spirit into the Holy of Holies, the presence of God, the place where Father is, so that we may have fellowship with Him again. That is why now in Christ, we that were aliens and far away have been brought near, brought near to the Father. He has reconciled us back to God, so that we are now sons with the Father. He did not reconcile us back to heaven. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father. The Father. So the focus of our faith is to walk with the Father, to be with the Father, to experience the heart of the Father, to please the Father. The focus of your faith is not to make heaven. Take that out of your mind. Hallelujah. That is not the focus of your faith. Jesus came so that you may have fellowship with the Father. Hallelujah. The Bible says that he has called us into the fellowship of his son. What fellowship is the fellowship the son has with the father? So that just as the father and the son are one, you also may be one with the father in mind, in thought, in heart, in desire, in all things. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Well, anyway, let me not stray from my message today. Jesus also declared that I am the vine. He said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If any man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit, and apart from me, you can do nothing. Amen and amen. Those are six I am's. The seventh I am, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. Hallelujah. Amen. And he said, the good shepherd does what lays down his life for the sheep. Now, I want to point out something to you in the book of John 10. And in your spare time, you may read John chapter number 10, and you'll find out, what Jesus said about the good shepherd. But I want to read something here for you. Listen, he says, My sheep, reading from John chapter number 10, verse 27, Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Hallelujah. Jesus, we know, is the good shepherd. The characteristic of the good shepherd is that he lays down his life for the sheep. Hallelujah. The life of Christ has been given for you. What a great blessing. What a great blessing. He contrasts that with the hireling. The hireling, when he sees the wolves coming or danger looming, he runs away and leaves the sheep. But the shepherd stays and defends and protects the sheep. Sheep are vulnerable. And that is how we are as Christians. Our protection is in Christ. Our safety is in Christ. Our defense is Christ. Hallelujah. That is our sheep. And Jesus being the good shepherd always protects us, always shields us, always defends our cause. That's why he's called our advocate. If any man says we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus the righteous. You know why he adds the word the righteous? 
to tell you that it is his righteous life, it is by his righteous life that he is able to make intercession for you. Because he tells the Father, Father, even though he has sinned, I exchange my righteous life for his. So he tells Father, don't look at the sin, look at my righteous life, and deal with him according to my righteous life and not according to his sin. Hallelujah. That's why the Bible says that he has not dealt with us according to the multitude of our sin. The Bible says that if you, O Lord, should mark iniquity, who can stand? Who can stand? Then he says, but with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. Hallelujah. So God is looking at us, and all he sees is the righteousness of Christ that has covered us. So God deals with us according to the righteousness of God, never according to our sin. Does it mean that God excuses our, our sin and our shortfall? No, he disciplines us because he's a good father. Amen. Amen. Yeah, he will discipline you. He will instruct you. Amen and amen. But Jesus, being the good shepherd, is always defending, always protecting, and always keeping the sheep by laying down his life for us. And that he has done, and he continues to do now. Amen and amen. Let me read further. It says, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Mm. One of the characteristics of the sheep of God is that they know the voice of their shepherd. In Christ Jesus, in the faith, Christ Jesus is our shepherd. And if he is our shepherd, then, and we are sheep, we must know his voice. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. That means when the shepherd comes calling, anybody who has been drawn to God and the Father has given unto Christ will hear his voice. Will hear his voice. When Jesus comes calling, you will hear him. You know that this is the voice of my master. The Bible says that in another voice they will not follow. Hallelujah. That means when even the devil comes trying to masquerade as Christ, the sheep of God, the sheep of the good shepherd can always make a distinction. Why? Because they know the voice of their shepherd. The question is better, are you acquainted with the voice of the shepherd? To be able to tell the voice of the enemy when he comes around. Hallelujah. And they follow me. Amen and amen. That is just the nature of sheep. It is in them to follow the shepherd. It is just in them to follow the shepherd. That's why we sing this song. Shepherd of my soul, I give you full control. Wherever you may lead, I will follow. I have made a choice to listen for your voice wherever you may lead. I will go. Be it in the quiet pastures or a valley dark and deep. Shepherd of my soul by my side. Hallelujah. 
Easy, he's the shepherd of your soul. Amen and amen. He is a good shepherd. Now, let me read something here to you. He says, they know my voice. I know them and they follow me. And he says, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Hallelujah. Amen. Wait, did you hear that scripture? He says, and I give unto them eternal life. Jesus gives unto his sheep eternal life. And they shall never perish. Never. Listen, that indestructible life that God has given to you, because of that, you can never perish. There is no way you can perish. Hallelujah. There is no way you can perish. And listen to what he even says. And no man can plug them out of my hand. To be able to plug any any of the the sheep of the shepherd, you have to be greater. You, you remember the scripture, the Bible says that when a strong man keeps his goods, and a stronger than he comes, hallelujah. If you want to be able to plunder the house of another, you have to be stronger than him. And the question I want to ask you is, is there anyone in this world, including the devil, that is stronger than Jesus? This is not a rhetorical question. I need an answer. Is there anybody in this world, including demons and angels, and including the devil, that is stronger than Christ Jesus? Is there anyone like that? No. If there is no one like that, then nothing and no one can plug you out of the hand of Christ. He says, and no man can plug them out of my hands. Listen, you are safe in the arms of Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. When you wake up, refresh your mind with I'm safe in the arms of my Lord. Hallelujah. Listen to verse 20. It says, my Father which gave them me. Listen, you were given to Christ by the Father. Father drew you to himself through the gospel. And after he got you, he committed you into the care of his son. So he gave you to his son as his responsibility. Hallelujah. And listen to what Jesus is saying. My father which gave them me is greater than all. And no one is able to plug them out of my father's hands. So not only is Christ keeping you and holding you in his arms, the Father is also keeping you and holding you in his arms. So it's almost like Christ has you, has wrapped his arms around you. And the Father has also wrapped his arms around Christ and wrapped it around you. The question I want to ask you is, who can plug you out of that keeping? <laughs> oh, believers, do you see the enormity of God's love? Listen, you are secure in Christ. Amen and amen. Amen. Tell me, I'm secure in Christ. I'm secure in Christ. No demon outside of hell can touch your life. Listen, your life is not just there for people to be playing around with it like that, for demons to be playing around with it like that. No, unless you're not a Christian. But if you are, listen, you are in the hollow of his palm. And, and, and the Father himself also has gathered himself around you. 
Amen and amen. These are the very words of Jesus. They are not my words. They are the words of Jesus. Amen and amen. And he says, I and my Father are one. I and my Father are what? One. Here Jesus was not necessarily just talking about, you know, just he being in the nature of God. No. But he's talking about how after he had made all these statements, how that he is keeping you and the Father is also keeping you. There is this I and my Father, meaning that they are one in their purpose and in their intent and in their plan to keep and preserve you. They've made up their mind as one that you as a sheep of theirs will never go astray and will never be lost. Even before the foundations of the world, the Father and the Son decided this concerning you. So you are in the arms of, of Christ, and you are also in the arms of the Father, and they have made up their mind that they will never lose you. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. So hear me. There's no way you're going to lose your salvation that you have. Nothing you do is going to undo it. Nothing. If your salvation can be undone by anything, then the work of Christ on the cross was nothing. It was really nothing. Listen, when he said it is finished, it is finished. Hallelujah. Amen. This is Let me tell you something. You might be saying, well, Pastor Sam, what about what about Christians who backslide and go astray? Are you trying to say that they are also, you know, let me show you something. What did Jesus say about the good shepherd and the hundred sheep? He says that a, a, a shepherd kept his sheep. They were hundred. One went astray. The Bible says that the heart of the good shepherd made him leave the ninety-nine and he went after that one sheep. The fact that that one sheep went astray does not mean that the sheep has ceased being a sheep. It is his. The sheep still belongs to the master. The sheep still belongs to the good shepherd. So the good shepherd left the 99 and went after that one. You might have backslidden. But Jesus is coming after you. Hallelujah. He's coming after you. Listen, he's not going to allow sin to take take hold of you. He's not going to allow the devil to steal you away. No. Jesus is coming after you hard, hard. He's coming after you. He's coming after you. Hallelujah. He's coming after you. He's coming hard after you. Amen and amen. Wherever you are straight, the shepherd will find you and bring you back. Wherever you are gone, he will bring you back. He will bring you back. Hallelujah. So as a believer, what should you do? Rest in the grace of God. Rest in this truth that you are learning now. Rest in the arms of your Savior. And daily rejoice in Him. That is all you have to do. That is all you have to do. Rest in Him. And continue to put your trust in Him. That He says to the uttermost. Hallelujah. Don't have any thoughts of fear. Don't have any thoughts of anxiety. Don't have any thoughts of losing your salvation. No. You are kept by the power of God through faith. He gives you eternal life and none shall perish. That is the word of the Lord. 
Even when you stray, he will come after you. You are that one sheep, he will come after you. And make sure he finds you and brings you back to the fold. Amen and amen. That is the plan of the master concerning you. Hallelujah. Oh, what a blessing we have. What a blessing we have. What a blessing we I don't know. When you think about this, this wonderful truth, that you are eternally secure in Christ Jesus, I don't know what it does to your heart. You know, for most people, they've not heard the word of God this way. So they are doing everything in their power, you know, to, to make sure that they are, they are, they are staying in there. You, you understand? They are doing everything in their power, trying to, by their works, you know, uh, make sure that they are also part. Listen, <laughs> just rest. Jesus said, come on to me, all you that are weary of heavy laden, and I'll do it. I'll give you rest. It is not the number of Bible studies you do or the number of times you pray that, that, that will preserve the salvation you have. No. The preservation of your salvation is in Christ. He's the one who gave it to you. Amen and amen. When you study the word, when you pray, you are simply enjoying the blessings in Christ. You understand? You are simply enjoying the blessings in Christ. Hallelujah. Don't turn those things into legalistic activities you do. Justifying yourself by them and condemning yourself by them. You understand what I'm talking about? There are a lot of people, if they've not prayed for it, they feel so, they feel so guilty. They think they are not, they do, they do not measure up anymore. Let me tell you something. How, how did you come by that thought? Hallelujah. Don't turn the blessing of prayer into a legalistic work, religious work you have to do to justify yourself, to feel good about yourself. No. Every work in Christ should be simply a fruit of the faith you have in Him. Hallelujah. You understand what I'm saying? I'm saying every work you do in Christ should be a fruit of the faith you have in Him. Amen and amen. Amen. But never justify yourself by that. Because your justification came by faith alone in Christ Jesus. Nothing can change that. Hallelujah. So stand fast in the faith. And rejoice daily in Christ Jesus, your good shepherd. He lays down his life for the sheep. Hallelujah. Mato se itates. da pantakai. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. He says, the thief comes not but to steal, to kill and to destroy. That is the aim. That is the purpose of the thief. Of the thief. He says, I am come that they may have life. That they may have it more abundantly. He says, I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd giver his life for the sheep. You understand? The purpose of Christ... Jesus, in bringing you to become part of his sheepfold, is that you would have life and have it more abundantly. So the Bible says in the book of 1 John, Beloved, he says, Know this that we have eternal life. You have it now. You're not going to lose it. He speaks of the quality and also the duration of the life. The quality of the life in that it is the divine life of Christ, the way of God that you have received. 
and also the duration. It is eternal, never ending. It is the life of the age to come. Hallelujah. When this world passes away, the age to come, it is the life of that age to come. Amen and amen. That age that would, would never end, the age of ages that will never end, the life of that age is what you have received now. You have received it now. Hallelujah. He's not going to wait when you, when, when you die and get there, then you decide whether he should give it to you or not. Now, now, now he's giving it to you. You have it with you. Hallelujah. You see, this should gladden your heart and this should rejoice your heart. Amen and amen. Amen. Amen and amen. When you understand this, you would understand the depth of God's love towards you. And you would always give him praise. You would always, you would always give God praise. You would always rejoice in Christ Jesus, your Savior. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes. You would always rejoice in him because you know that he has come to give you life. Mm. And he has given you that life to the full. That life he has given you to the full. Mm. And you can never lose it. <laughs> that is a good one. You can never do what? Lose it. Hallelujah. Say with me, I can never lose my eternal life. I can never lose my eternal life. Yeah. I want, to, I want to show you this. Do you know how he gave you the eternal life? He did not just come. Normally when we talk about eternal life being a gift of God, we think of it as if God just knocked on our door and gave us a gift. So we have a gift, and a thief can just come in and steal the eternal life from us. No. Do you know how he gave you? I want to show you how he gave you the eternal life. Eternal life is in his son Jesus. It's in him. It's his own life. How did he transfer his life into you? He decided that the only way this is possible is for you to be begotten by him. Do you understand? Because the life of a father is in his son or his daughter. I'm a son of my father. There's nothing I can do that will change that. You are a son of your father, your biological father. There's absolutely nothing you can do that will change that. You can't reverse it. There is no medical m medical progress in this life that can reverse that act. That reality that you are a son of your father or your parents, nothing can reverse it. In the same way, God himself, if, I would, if you may permit me to put it this way, got impregnated with you <laughs> and delivered you. You understand what I'm talking about? That's what it means to be born again. The Bible says that through the regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Remember what, 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 what he said to Mary. When Mary said, how shall this be? You may be asking, Sam, how, Pastor Sam, how did this happen? He says, the Holy Ghost will come upon you. And the power of the highest shall overshadow you. Hallelujah. That's the same way. It was through the regeneration of the Spirit and the renewal of the Holy Ghost. That was what that was what made us sons. We are born of God. We are born of God. We are born of God. Not everybody in this world is a son of God. There are creatures of God and sons of God. We are born of God. Hallelujah. Therefore, we are sons. And if we are sons, we have the life of our Father in us, and nothing can change it. 
it cannot be reversed. Listen, your born again experience is irrevocable, irreversible. You can't, there is nothing you can do about it. It's a done deal. And the, the interesting thing is the Bible says you have been sealed with the Holy Ghost. That means that the door has been shut and you have been marked forever. You know, in, in, in those days, cattle are always branded so that you know who the owner is. The Holy Ghost is the branding of God on you, that you belong to him. Hallelujah. You have been branded by the Holy Ghost. It is his seal upon you. Amen and amen. Uh, this is the blessing of our faith. And, you know, the reason I keep emphasizing this truth is because I want us to be firmly grounded in them so that when we also go out there to preach the gospel, we can preach it well to others. And let them know that when they come into Christ, this is what they are coming into. Hallelujah. You don't want to go out there and preach a false gospel to men. That's why I keep emphasizing this truth. Hallelujah. Amen. Because there are many people unsettling the faith of others, making them feel they've not done enough did not done enough to merit this great salvation that we have in Christ Jesus. Like the Catholic, like the Mormon, like the Jehovah Witnesses, like the seven-day Adventist. It's all works, 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 works. There is no rest in Christ. Hallelujah. But when you get the knowledge of this truth, you rest in Christ Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen. Amen and amen. Brethren, God bless you. You want to lift up your voice and begin to pray and thank God for this great blessing. Thank God for Christ Jesus, your good shepherd. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Begin to thank Father for the good shepherd who is Christ. Thank Him for the keeping that you have in Him. In the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice. In the name of Jesus. Don't begin to bless God. In the name of Jesus. You stay the same.